Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, good morning. It's uh, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday morning. And uh, before I run off to give any classes, I want to do, uh, take a look at the Haftorah today, which is Baruch Hashem being sponsored by our very, very good friend, reliable friend, uh, Abe Gluck, Gluck Plumbing in Lakewood. Thank you very much. Uh, it's actually, uh, I just make a mention of it. My sister wrote to remind me from Israel today, Eight Days in Tavis is the art site of uh, my half-sister, I guess. Notice my father was married before the war, and there and his wife and daughter were killed today, uh, by the Germans, in '44, uh, in Stutthof concentration camp, um, near the end of the war. So, and they obviously don't have anyone behind them. So I just mentioned their names. Now, um, let's take a look at this parsha uh, this week is, of course, the famous prophecy of Yechezkel about the two sticks that you tied together, Achtos in other words. You know, Eitz is the Yehuda, and Eitz is is um, Yosef. And even though in our parsha Yosef and Yehuda have their confrontation, but in the future there won't be any confrontation, it'll be Achtos. There'll be a genuine Achtos. Uh, now, this is in... Ezekiel 37, second half. The reason I mention that is because usually the classic way, first I'm going to talk a little bit about the classic way, and then we'll talk about the contemporary. And the classic way of understanding this, the, there's an arrangement of three prophecies which has always formed the basis for a lot of Jewish messianic predictions and speculation. Apocalyptics. There's the first half of 37, the second half of 37, which is today's Pasha, and then there's 38. Again, so it's Lamed Zion, first half, Lamed Zion, second half, and Lamed Ches. Now, I know that the, the, the chapter numbers are not Jewish all the but nevertheless, that's where you locate it, you know, if you want to find it, practical terms. Uh, now, the first part is, the, in other words, not the Haftar we're doing today. Immediately preceding that, is the dry bones, the Yatsama Sayyavashas, that everybody knows. I mean, what Nevuah in the book of Yecheskel is more famous than the dry bones? Right? The Yatsama Sayyavashas, that they come alive. <clears throat> Most people don't know anything about Yecheskel, right? Not really. And it's and rather one of the harder swarm, by the way. One of the more difficult swarm. Uh, that's why if you do it, I mean, it can be learned, of course, but it's one of the more difficult swarm. Uh... And most people don't know much about it. But what they do know is the famous, you know, vision of the Atzamasayavashis. And perhaps they know, you know, who are the dry bones? Is it a mushal? Remember in the Gemara, it's a debate. Some say, never, you know what I mean? It's, a, it's just a mushal. And the, who was it? The other one got up and said, no, it's, it was a real story. As a matter of fact, it's my grandfather, and I still have his tefillin. 
You remember all that. I spoke about this in the past anyway. But the first half is the, so, uh, prophecy A, and then B and Ben C. A is the dry bones. B is our Haftorah. Right after you have the story of the dry bones, Hashem tells the Navi, take the two sticks and tie them together. And that means that there'll be Achdus. All right? They'll even have a king like David and Melch ruling over him. It says those words. Right? Not only does it say, right? But it even says, um, that I will bring the Jews from Golis into Eretz Yisrael. <clears throat> I'll be Maccabees them. But that's not the biggest Chiddush, <laughs> right? The biggest Chiddush is, then I'll make them a united nation. And there won't be two. So in other words, the future is, and it says, Avdi David So the future is going to be better than the past. When the Jews were in Israel, they immediately broke into, pretty quickly in Jewish history, broke into two kingdoms, which very often fought each other uh, in horrific ways. Uh, if you ask, what is the battle in the Tanakh? Um, here's a good riddle. What's the uh, question? What's the battle in the Tanakh that had the biggest Jewish casualties that we know of? You know what I mean? That we know of. You know, read through Yeshua and Shoftim and Shmuel and Malachim and so forth, and you read this war and this war. They usually don't go into big numbers, but whatever. Which is the battle in the Tanakh that has the highest number of Jewish casualties by far? And the answer is, as far as I'm aware, in different Yamim where there's a battle between the king, the king of the north and king of the south, when Yeroven ben Nevot was the king of the north, and Aviyahu, the son of, um, I guess, Rechavim, was the king of the south, uh, and <clears throat> they have this big battle in central Israel, and uh, the, the army of the south kills 500,000 of the army of the north. That's a half a million. Here we're freaking out because the Hamas killed you know, 1,500, 1,400, whatever it is, which is terrible, of course. Imagine half a million, and it was killed Jew by Jew, right? Notice this was a civil war. It was a war between Yosef and Yehuda, like you have in the Haftorah today, right? On the one side was Yom ben Nevot, who was from Ephraim, leading that group, the, the ten tribes. On the other side, you had Aviyahu, the great-grandson of David Melch, who was leading the Yehuda side. So the two eights that were not together, they actually were killing each other. And the numbers, I say, are crazy. Half a million, right? Half a million. So, uh, plus, he, they they actually mutilated the bodies. Here, we're, again, we're complaining about um, Hamas, obviously. And uh, in that battle, we're told, at least according to the Gemara, that, um, uh, what do you call it? the victors, the, the south, the Yehuda, they chopped off the noses of the half a million corpses on the battlefield, so Megagunas, get it? Because you can't testify the guy's dead, you know, if you can't do, I mean, in classic halacha, if you can't do the parts of Aponim, remember that? And the Chotem and the Padachas, you got to be able to see the face. And if you if you uh, deliberately sabotage the face, mutilate the face, so you can't see the nose and all the rest, you destroyed it, send so the idea is to create a Gunas. Which is a really, you know, disgusting thing to do. 
we would expect perhaps something like that from, like I say, the Hamas and those types, because they're behemoths, but you, they're chayas. But you wouldn't expect such a thing, you'd think, from Jews. And yet, didn't we have, aren't we having now these kinds of tragedies, which I guess is going to happen in a war, unfortunately, where our own side is killing our own side? You know what I mean? Whether you have the friendly fire, which is terrible, but it happens. Or they shot the three hostages the other day, you know, by accident. Or they shot that guy who was the hero, you know, in Yerushalayim at that place where the terrorist uh, shot somebody. You know you know what I mean. Uh, and, the, uh, and, and then the soldier came and shot the good guy. So, I mean, we have such things. But not a half a million. So, all these are functions of the Pirud between the Eights of Ephraim and the Eights of Yehuda, so to speak. And it's just basically part of who we are. And the Novi is saying, Hashem is saying actually to the Novi, that um, it's not going to be like that in the future. But there's an order to things. First comes that some is evacious. Then it comes to return to Eretz Yisrael. He, I, I read you the Pesukim, okay? Then comes, you know, uh, in, in fact, the language is kind of funny. You can play it a lot of different ways. So, first he's told to take the two sticks and tie them together, meaning promote an Achdus and Klai Yisrael. And then, once you do that, if the Jews will get an Achdus, then Hashem will bring it back to Eretz Yisrael. Okay? And not only that, but if they'll have the Achdus combined with going to Eretz Yisrael, they won't do Avodazar anymore. The order is very interesting. And if you're really interested in what I'm saying in any kind of closer way, check out that Barbadell, who goes in a, in a fairly lengthy discussion of this, Kedarko, but he ain't bad. And, uh, you know, and he's basically saying, so that's a different way. Meaning, you'll have the Achdus, but after the uh, the Tchis Amesim. So again, to review, A, B, and C. First comes the Tzambasibashas, then comes the the two sticks together, and then comes Gogamogog. What's chapter 38? Gogamogog. You understand? It's amazing. First comes step A, then B, then C. First comes the Atzamas Yavashas, then Arhaf Torah with the, the two eights uniting together. And then comes Gogomogog, which obviously means, right? I shouldn't say obviously because it's all in the future, but if you look at it, this is the theology way of looking at it. That there will be some Gogomogog after B'nai Yisrael are in Israel, but because they're united, and they're not Matami with the Gilalim, they're not in the anymore, they will win the war Gogamog, even though with heavy casualties. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Welcome to the happy world of Jewish eschatology. Right? It ain't fun, but it's, you know, it's it's a boom, it's a big thing, it's a big fight. And uh, and these are all predicted in our Haftar. Now, the reason we read this shtickle in the Haftar is because Vayigash is is, you know, the Joseph and the brothers. I mean, obviously, you know. But 
you can't just isolate it. It's part of a broader scenario in which is a tumasivacious, and then the two sticks, and then a gogomogo. Now, the Barbanel and people like him, Bradak, are looking from a very theological point of view. Why do I say theological point of view? Hashkafa point of view. Uh, they're not tying to anything specific, but they're rather saying that Tzamasivacious represents Tchia Samesa, right? Let me ask you the following question. Let's say you hold that it really happened. So there already was a Tchia Samesa once, and there'll be another one. Let's say you say it was a mushal. So it didn't happen yet, but it will happen in the future. You know what I'm saying? In other words, it doesn't mean necessarily that, you know, it's 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 all just figurative and poetic and, you know, um, and saying that some of the salvation, I mean, many have always used it this way. The dry bones will come alive. The pintaliyid, you know, the guy was completely dead, Yiddishkeit-wise, and then something happened and all of a sudden it was transformed and it's like his skeleton arose and was filled with Gidim and Atzamas, and now he's a live you know, person. Think, for example, of those people now in Israel, just off the top of my head, who have been, and there are many, and you notice, because you read the same things I do, and they're being transformed by this war, and many of them are discovering Yiddishkeit uh, on their own, you know, because of, under the impact of events. And until this happened prior to October 7th, they were basically Jewishly dead, so to speak, in limbo. They weren't interested in anything. And now, to use, you know, simple words, now the guy wants to fill in an, 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 an antithesis. Now she wants to do challah, hafrashah challah. So you could describe that as saying that it was a dead skeleton. And then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, I mean, I know the reason, but I'm just saying, for whatever reason, the dead skeletons come alive. So you looked at this Jew, you know, before October 7th, before Simple Torah, and you say, it's Mamsha's skeleton. And notice, I see something there, but there's no there's no flesh. You know, there, there, there's nothing in terms of Yiddishkeit alive. And now it's been changed. And so you see, some of the are Chaim. Right? That, that, that's, that's one way of looking at it. And it's a good shot too, by the way. And it, and it does fit. However, if you're talking about the classic Rishonim, like the Barbara and the Achronim, so they say, no, it means literally Betriya Samesim. So this is a prediction, right? That the Messianic year is going to go in a certain uh, order. And before we go to Eretz Yisrael, we'll be at Samesim. And then the Jews will go to Eretz Yisrael. And then they'll have Achtas. And then they'll fight Gogamogog. Right? All these things I just mentioned are debates. I want to show him. A couple of months ago, I did that series for Stefanski, you know, on the uh, Mashiach, different opinions about the Geula, Tchesamesim, all the rest of it. There are different opinions. Will Tchesamesim precede the Mashiach? Will Mashiach precede Tchesamesim? Will Gogo Mogo come here? You know, different, different sheets out there. Right? Different sheets out there. Again, if you want a, a quick review of them, Get the uh, Art Scroll uh, Sanhedrin 3. I think at the beginning or at the end, uh, they have a whole thing. I did it. 
the whole, you know, lining up the sheetas. I mean, they edited it, but, you know, lining up all the different sheetas. Okay? Yeah, different sheetas. The way you read it in this one, says the Abarabinal, for example, would be the order I just said, which is first comes then comes Shivat uh, Ha'aretz, you know, returning to Israel, and the Achters, the two sticks coming together, and then the Jews are ready to fight Gogomogog, which is Mashma, that before you get the two sticks together, we better not have a Gogomogog, because when Klai Yisrael is not united, then we're, we're, not only are we weak because we're not united, but we're existentially weak. You understand? This is, this is all about, not simply the virtues of Achdus, but the necessity of it. You see? That if you don't have the Achdus, you cannot survive a war of Gagamogu. Um, which is, of course, true. I mean, notice you see that empirically. So, you have that way of looking at it. And I'll say it again. By us, as I've been saying this many times since this whole war started, in the Jewish tradition, the Achdus itself is a value in and of its own. Uh, and the Achdus itself, if you can attain, it's not easy. It's not easy, I acknowledge that. If you can get the real Achdus, it has its own positive vibes spinning off of it. Just the Achdus, pure of, of itself. And indeed, you read the Haftarah, and it's very interesting, I'll call your attention to Pasuk Chavbeis and Chavgimel and Chavdalad. It's very, very interesting. The, the words go like this. Um, let's start with Chavalot. So I'll read you four psukim. And then think about it, whether it's a, 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 in order or cause and effect or something like that. After you tie the two sticks together and they unite together, then Hashem says, I'll take the Jews out of Gulf and bring them to Israel. Number one. Number two. Having brought them to Israel, I'll make them one kingdom instead of two. I'll, I'll make them united. Next passage. And they won't do Avodazar anymore. They won't be Tommy with all the Avodazar. Uh, Avodazar. I'll be Matahir and all the rest of it. And then number four. They won't do Avodazar, and not only will they be Mekayim Sur Meira, they'll also be Mekayim Asetov, because Okay? So, and, and by the way, it'll be permanent, because there's Vyosh Lahem B'Neim Ad Olam. So, it could be that this is a, a, a predictive order, which is great, or it could be the one thing lead to the other. My point is like this. I'll make them one big nation. Do you see? Is one coming from the other? Yes. Or at least that's how I read it. Because they'll have the Achdus. Now, it could mean that Hashem will be so impressed with the Achdus that he will make it that there won't be an interest in Abodazar anymore. Uh, in fact, the language is interesting. They won't become Tomei from Abodazar. You know, the the uh, the wrong Hashkafas 
are mitame. I don't mean that in a frumi sense. I mean, I guess I do, but I mean, mitame in the, in the idea that, you know, it makes unclear. It's metantemis alev. I mean, so much of modern uh, troubles we have is from this tumma of this timtum alev. Uh, all these people, for example, these Jews who are against Israel, they have moments of a timtum alev. You know, they, they, they don't see what they're doing. Uh, the Israelis themselves now confess that although they were warned about the attack, they had a timtum alev. You know, they, 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 they couldn't, they couldn't uh, you know, assimilate it. They didn't act on the warnings. And now we're told, you'll have the achdos, and that itself will, re- will, will result in what we call today a clarity. You understand? Uh, and that itself will make it that you get David and Melch, Avdi David Melchaleim, Barahi Kulam. What's Shad Avdi David Melchaleim? That's a Mashiach. At least I think that's what it means, right? Uh, is David and Melch coming back? First of all, if it is Chiesamesim, maybe. But second of all, even if not, you'll, it's, a, it's a Messianic figure, a Mashiach. Mashiach bin David. Okay? And it'll be from Avdi David. Yeah, okay? So, um, what do we have in this Haftorah? We have the prediction of an awakening, that's almost evacious. But then the awakening is not enough if everybody's still, you know, making Shabbos for himself, so to speak. If this one's Satmar, and this one's this, and this one's Lubav, and this one's the Yeshiva, and this one, that, and the other, it's felt, you understand? It's, it's, it's not enough that the Atzama should come back alive. It's that they should find some way to be me'achet. Now, if you want to be cynical, which I have been in the past, you can say that, baby, if this is a messianic prophecy, then it ain't happening until Mashiach time. You know, it could be, because you don't see, you know, such achtas. On the other hand, we've seen a tremendous amount of achtas in uh, the current situation, as we all know. And hasn't this Achdus produced a spin, like I said before, that all of a sudden a lot of people are interested in terminuses? Now, not totally. We also get the bad people, especially here in America. And that's the result, like I said, of the Tumas Agolas. And I just saw somebody sent me a thing online that the reform passing out of some big uh, uh, petition to end the war, which means give a victory to Hamas, and uh, because it's a, I think the Union Reform Judaism, something like that. The point is like this: Who started it? Somebody says I'm a Reform Jew, and a lady, and I'm you know went through all the Reform uh, you know temple and the youth groups and all the rest of it. In a Hanami, I'm married to a Palestinian now, and my children are Muslim. But still, you know, <laughs> the values of Judaism impel me. The values of Judaism impel me to, to go, you know, to go to this place. Uh, <laughs> you know how it works. There's a Tim Tamalev. You get it? We're hoping that the result will be that the Octus will obtain and continue, uh, even though you and I are all afraid and cynical that soon we hope this war will be over, but with the war being over, meaning with a victory. And that's devoutly to be desired, no question about it. But what will happen to the Achdus? It shouldn't fade. I know there are already voices 
They want to start the politics going on all get and all the rest of it. But to be perfectly honest, the wars in Israel get bigger and bigger each time. In a certain way, this is the biggest war they had so far and the longest. And you know and I know, even if, even if, if they somehow or other, you know, uh, destroy Hamas, the Hezbollah is even bigger. And now you got the Houthis and the Shmutis and the Putis. And you got all kind of other groups and the Iranians. We could be facing a Gogamoga situation. The only hope we have is that we can keep the two sticks together. The eights Yosem, the eights Yehuda. So then you're able to go from Periklamadalad, um, Zion to Periklamadches. Uh, I'm not looking forward to uh, a Gogamoga war, but you know, it doesn't depend on me. <laughs> right? The Rosham runs the world the way he does. And it does look like the world's getting scarier. It does look to me like the United States of America, for example, is getting more complex for Jews and not less so. I look back to my youth and, you know, perhaps you always do that and you see a, a more innocent and, and simple America, especially for Yidden. Um, I don't know. But we certainly um, are interested in uh, a situation that's described in the Haftorah today where, of course, it says... As we all know, that the Yahshua Lord is in the Santa Yaakov, Heim of the Ad Olam, right? Ad Olam. And then the highest Madrega is the base of Migdash, which of course it says, Ohayim Mishkani Alehem, Boisel Mahim Himilulam, Biyadu Hagayim Kaniya Shemakarish Israel, Biyosi Migdashi Bitsakim Lilam. The only way the nation, I mean, that's, that's quite a pusset. The way that Gayim will know that, uh, we have the real thing is if the base of Mishnah is rebuilt, I mean, uh, I th- that's the end of the Haftorah. So you have a powerful uh, Haftorah this week, especially in light of, of current events. Again, I want to thank our friend at Gluck Plumbing and, uh, for sponsoring today. And everybody should have a good day. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.